Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Well, Dan, we hear a lot in some Christian circles about the myth, uh, the supposed myth of the separation of church and state. And there seems to be a new wrinkle in this myth lately, and that is the myth that the state's going to keep their nose out of the church doors. Because we've seen increasingly where states are telling churches that they cannot discriminate. The latest such development is in Massachusetts. And here to discuss our recent lawsuit uh, in, filed against that state is attorney Steve O'Ban with Alliance Defending Freedom. Steve, welcome to Freedom's Ring. Thank you for having me. So what sort of nonsense is the state of Massachusetts, or maybe I should say mischief, is the state of Massachusetts uh, up to here? Well, we're seeing what appears to be a pattern of state regulators, which have now decided that they can regulate certain aspects of churches. And what uh, happened just recently was the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination charged with enforcing that state's discrimination laws stated for the first time that they believe they have jurisdiction over churches, that they can force churches to change their policies on how they use their showers and uh, restrooms and uh, force them to open them up to um, transgender uh, individuals, even though that would violate their deeply held religious beliefs about um, what the Bible teaches regarding human sexuality. And what is doubly alarming about uh, the application of these laws to churches is not only does it force them to change their, their restroom policies, but they carry with them prohibitions about making verbal and written statements that could be viewed as discriminatory. So it could even reach to the sermon of a, of a pastor who wants to speak about biblical human sexuality. Wow. You know, I'm somewhat less concerned about the bathroom issues, because I think that those can be worked out by people of goodwill, but I'm obviously much more concerned about the regulators simply thinking that they can bully the churches or tell them what to do. Um, does the separation of church and state mean nothing to, uh, uh, you know, these regulators in Massachusetts? <laughs> well, I will hope that once they read our lawsuit, they begin to realize the implications of their uh, decisions and their public statements, that they'll rethink their position and uh, go back to the traditional view that the state may not interfere with the internal governance of churches the way they set their doctrine and the way they communicate that doctrine, that's been uh, off limits um, by government bureaucrats, but um, we'll see if they will rethink their position. We certainly hope they will. There was a, a notorious case in Canada not too many years ago of a pastor, I think, who was sued for a, uh, a newspaper column where he was addressing the subject of, of homosexuality. Um, we're supposed to have free speech in this country, protected by the First Amendment. Seems like I learned that somewhere. But I, I, increasingly, I'm, I, I'm wondering, 
whether Americans really do believe in free speech and whether our regulators believe in free speech. Well, that really is uh, one of the tests of this case. Uh, you know, the Bill of Rights was put in there by our founders because they realized the majority sometimes can try to limit the speech and the, and the freedom, including the religious freedom, of, of what might be perceived to be a, a minority view. And more and more, uh, I think the Church's understanding of biblical truth is being, being viewed as a minority view, and and that's why we need these civil rights laws. That's why we have freedom of speech. That's why we have religious free exercise, because our founders understood that um, there are some rights that are innate, inalienable, and absolute, and should not be violated by uh, the government. Well, I don't think that regulators believe that there are such things as inalienable rights, except the inalienable right of legislators to tell other people what to do. <laughs> We're seeing that more and more, and um, what I'm not sure they understand is that a, you know, a church is, is something that's unique and quite a bit different from, say, an amusement park or a theater, a traditional place of public accommodation. A church and other houses of worship, uh, you know, they're established um, to, to engage in protected religious speech. I mean, when you think about it, there's really nothing that a church uh, does that isn't, in one way or another, a form of expressing the religious views of those who um, commune there, who are members and, and worship there and want to engage in protected activities. You can't somehow claim, like bureaucrats are trying to claim, that churches engage in certain activities that are secular and that they can regulate. But that's the position that Massachusetts has taken. And the example that you may have read about they gave was um, if a church engages in such secular activities as holding a spaghetti dinner, that's a secular activity, and the government can regulate the church when it engages in that kind of activity. You know, we used to say that um, the government was pushing the wall of separation back towards the church, such that any time the church steps outside the walls of the church building or the sanctuary itself and uh, serves the public, whether it's a social service or education or health care or anything like that, that that activity is automatically secular and fully regulated by the government, but that the wall of separation at least protects the church inside the sanctuary. But what I'm now perceiving is that that wall is being crumbled to the point where the state is seeking to insinuate itself inside the walls of the church. That's a very good way of putting it, Alan. Um, and I don't even concede the premise that the government can uh, regulate everything that takes place outside the, the walls of the building, the church building. I'm sure you don't either. But you're right. You would have thought at least they'd recognize that a church can decide how it's going to worship, um, how it's going to operate a facility in a way that's consistent with those religious beliefs, and that it's just not a place where the government has any business of trying to dictate you know, its ideology. Um, and I think what's, what's happening here is the uh, bureaucrats in question are viewing a church like any other uh, public accommodation, and they're saying, uh, if you are engaged in some activity that we regard as secular and that is not religious, then we get to regulate it. 
you know, that's what's so alarming is they think that they can decide what's religious and what's not about what a church engages in, and then then they get to decide how to regulate it. Well, and yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, in my view, food is definitely religious. And, uh, you know, within, uh, you know, I come from a Jewish family and, and, and all of our holidays involve food. So food and religion to me are inseparable. And uh, it's, it's part of how you build a sense of goodwill and community around shared values. Absolutely. Is, you know, hospitality and, uh, and community. But yeah, it's it's amazing how the state wants to tell the church what to do, but also amazing that this is all coming up really in connection with the rise of protecting a group that apparently is about 0.3% of the population, which is to say transgender. And, you know, I, I don't want anything that, that I say certainly to be perceived as disparaging or demeaning to the rights and to the needs of the transgender community, because I, I don't feel that way at all, but that their interests and concerns would somehow become the vehicle for um, the state to insert itself within the walls of the church, I think is completely wrong-headed. Well, you raise a great point. Uh, every one of the churches we represent and that are part of this lawsuit uh, they go out of their way to welcome every member of their community, including uh, transgender individuals and others, to come and, and be a blessing to them. What's at stake here is not uh, whether a church will or will not um, uh, accept transgender individuals or their church. Of course they will. Of course they want to minister to them. Does the government have the right to dictate to a church what its doctrine, its theology should be about this issue and how it's going to carry out that belief in the way that it operate its facility. Well, and, you know, in our battles, in our legislative battles this year in California, um, we encountered the assumption that somehow the state wants to protect, uh, you know, LGBT students, um, and that the religious colleges and universities somehow are less uh, willing to protect the same group of students, which is a false assumption that somehow it's an us against them and that churches are not engaged with wrestling with how do we minister to the lesbian, gay, and transgender students or people who are part of our communities. It's not an us against them. Right. I think that's, and I'm familiar with that issue and some of the uh, colleges that were involved in that whole controversy. And, you know, 201, they, um, they are welcoming of uh, the LGBT uh, community, they just want uh, those that um, uh, that come onto their campus as students or visitors or even employees uh, to abide by uh, their deeply held religious beliefs. And I think that's a that's a compromise uh, that America can can make. Um, and our government bureaucrats ought to honor that compromise. It's quite capable of making in this country. Sure. Um, but they won't let us. <laughs> the legislators think that they're the only ones who know how to relate to this community and how to protect them, and that you know the churches don't have any good faith or goodwill in caring for our own. Right. And I think that's the flawed assumption at the heart of this conflict. That's right. Yeah, each one of my clients, each one of the churches involved, um, 
has made it clear that they are uh, they warmly welcome every member of their community. That's that's part of the the good news. You know, we're all fallen. We all need that good news, and and they want to be able to offer it to everyone. But they need to be able to abide by their own religious convictions that that motivate those good works. Well, I think you know the church certainly has its work cut out for us in communicating that you know, our values of human sexuality are not bigotry, that we're not against anybody and we're not putting anybody down or, you know, or hostile. Uh, And, um, you know, I think we have a certain, um, we've had some bad attitudes in the past in the churches that have led people to this conclusion. And uh, so now we've got an uphill battle to face. But Certainly the solution is not the government stepping inside the doors of the church as they have here in Massachusetts. So to recap for our listeners, a lawsuit's been filed against uh, the state of Massachusetts imposing public accommodations laws on the churches. Our guest today, Steve O'Ban, one of the attorneys with Alliance Defending Freedom. Steve, I hope you'll keep us posted in the future on the outcome of this and, and, and other similar cases as we uh, you know, try to preserve the integrity and, and autonomy of churches. I certainly will. Thank you for your interest, Alan. Oh, by all means, and thanks for the good work you guys do. Uh, our guest today is Steve O'Ban from Alliance Defending Freedom about a Massachusetts case challenging Uh, public accommodations laws there. Appreciate you being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you. And as we close, I want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help folks suffering religious discrimination, especially in employment, fired for your faith. So check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let Freedom Ring. Freedom Ring.